Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear friends. God bless you. I would like you, please, to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2. And I would like to read today, in this uh, ministry time, from uh, Matthew, chapter 2, verses 13 to 23, in our study of the book of the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel that was written specifically for the ears of the Jewish people, because God promised his people Israel that he will send the Messiah to this world, and that the Messiah will come into this world through the virgin birth, and that he will be the one that will fulfill all the promises that were given to the prophets of Israel in days of old. And so specifically Matthew, much more than all the others, is presented in such a way to be able to minister to the Israeli, to the Hebrew, to the Jewish reader, but it is for the benefit of all, and yet, unlike Mark and Luke and John, Yohanan, the Gospel of Matthew is the Gospel that presents before us the King of Israel, the King of the Jewish people. And so we have arrived to Matthew chapter 2, And we are reading from verse 13 to verse 23 to the end of the chapter. And so we read, And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word." For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. It was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wrath, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah, the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. But when Herod was dead, 
Behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose, and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. And when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God. In a dream he turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. What a wonderful passage, beloved friends and dear brothers and sisters, we have here in Matthew, in the second chapter now, from verse 13 to verse 23. And we can see that this is a a passage that continues now from the previous 12 verses, uh, when the wise men from the east, the, the Megushim in Hebrew, the Magis, who came all the way from the east, following the star, the Shekinah glory, that they pointed to the Messiah that was born, the king of the Jews that was born, they came to the city of Jerusalem, and they inquired, where is he that was born king of the Jews? Matthew 2 and verse 2. We have come to worship him. So this moving star was a unique star, the Shekinah glory, that was manifested when the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, was born into this world. And then the wise men from the east who heard the word of the Lord through Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, and people like Mordechai the Jew and Esther the queen, and all those godly Jewish people who were in Babylon and in Persia uh, during the time of the deportation from uh, 586 BC, the Babylonian captivity, they left an influence on the wise men in the East uh, that some of them recognized that uh, the true king of the universe, the true king of the world, the true king of Israel, the true king of the Jews is none else but the one that was going to be born as the God of Israel spoke to the prophets, to the people of Israel. And so they came all the way from the east and they found him. The wise men did not only sought for him, they found him, and did not only found him, they gave him gift, and not only gave him gift, they worshipped him. Wise men find God's anointed one. Have you found him, my dear friend? Have you recognized who he is, the Redeemer, the Savior that came to this world to provide salvation for you, myself, and everyone 
in this world, for all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And here the king of the Jews was born in the city of Bethlehem, and he is the one that came in order to give his life a ransom for many. Though he was rejected at his first coming, he will be accepted at his second coming, and he will rule and reign over this world in the coming day. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so, now that the wise men found him, gave him gift, worshipped him, they departed, they didn't listen to the requirement of Herod, the king, because they were informed by the angel of the Lord not to return back to Herod, but to go away and to depart from the uh, city of Bethlehem into another way. And that's how we ended in verse 12 of the second chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And so now as we continue in Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 23, there are four things that are presented before us. First of all, the instruction that the angel also not only gave to the wise men to return to their own country in some other way, but also the angel of the Lord gave instruction to Yosef, the stepfather of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, to take the young child and to take his mother and to flee to the land of Egypt. And so the instructions are found in Matthew chapter 2, verses 13, 14, and 15. And notice what it says in verse 13, my dear friends. It says, And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise! And take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Now, this is very interesting. Now remember, my dear brothers and sisters and dear friends, that God throughout the ages, since the fall of man, According to Genesis chapter 3, when Adam plunged the whole human race into sin, in his disobedience, in his eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and, of, and evil, and it violated God's word who told him not to eat of it. And since that time, Adam became a sinner. Adam and Eve, sinners, and all of us who are descendants of Adam and Eve, we are sinners by nature. And yet God had promised to Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava, that one day in the fullness of the time, He will bring into this world the Messiah, the Mashiach, the Deliverer. And we do read the first prophecy in the Word of God, Genesis 3.15, I will put an enmity between thee, this is Satan, and the woman, and between thy seed, Satan's seed, and her seed, the seed of the woman, 
in Hebrew, Zara'a, Hazera shel Ha'isha, the seed of the woman. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shall bruise his heel. Here's the first prophecy that is found in the word of God that the Messiah will come. And that he will be the seed of the woman. He will be born to the virgin. He will not be the seed of man. He will be the seed of the woman by the Holy Spirit of God that will place a seed in the womb of the woman. And a, a child will be born into this world who will be much more than just an ordinary child. He will be the God-man, the Son of God that miraculously was born here into this world. And since that promise of Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, that when the Messiah, the seed of the wound, will come, he will crush the head of the seed of Satan, while the seed of Satan will bruise the heel of the seed of the woman, the Messiah, since that time, Satan knows very well that when the Messiah will come, his head, he will be crushed. And his time will end, will come to an end. And so since that time of Genesis chapter 3, since the time when the fall came into this world by Adam Vechava, by Adam and Eve, until the time when the Messiah was born at his first coming, Satan always sought to destroy the people through whom the seed of the woman will come, namely to the people of Israel, the Jewish people, the Hebrews. And so throughout the ages, he was seeking to find a way whereby he will cause to bring into an end, to destroy those through whom the Messiah will come. Of course, already in Genesis chapter 6, Satan is sought to frustrate the plan of God. And as we read in Genesis 6, that the sons of God and angels took the daughters of men, and they took them for wives, and they procreated, and their, the children that were born to these mixture of fallen angels and human uh, women was a corrupted seed. And that's why we read that Noah was found favor in the eyes of the Lord. There was one man that was not defiled, neither him nor his wife and his sons and his daughters-in-law, and through them... The Lord have begun a new world after judging the world in the flood. And from the days of Noah onward, beginning with Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob, the nation of Israel, and the twelve tribes of Israel, as the promise of the coming of the Messiah would come, Satan sought to put an end to the people through whom the Messiah will be born into this world. And what we see here in Matthew chapter 2, in what Herod is intending to do and has done, in the measure that he was allowed, he himself was used by Satan to do, or to seek to do that which Satan wants to do, is to eliminate the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, through whom 
the Messiah was born into this world. And so, when the wise men who came from the east proclaimed, where is he that was born king of the Jews? Herod, the king, was troubled. And Herod asked the wise men to go to find where this king is, that, and then to come to tell him that he will come to worship him, not intending at all to come to worship him, but to seek to eliminate that king of the Jews, the Messiah. And so, just as the wise men were told by God in a dream to return to their own country another way and not to return to Herod, as we read in Matthew 2 and verse 12. In Matthew 2 and verse 13, we read also that the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream, and he said to him, Arise, take the young child, this is Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, take his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. Why? For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Very, very interesting, beloved friends. Why would Herod want to kill the young child to destroy him? Because he was the king of Judea, appointed by the Romans, who occupied the land of Israel, and because he was used by Satan to try to eliminate the young, born king of the Jewish people. And why it is important to see it in the context, because it was promised throughout the history of the Word of God, specifically in relationship to his earthly people Israel, that the Messiah will come through the seed of Abraham, the seed of Isaac, the seed of Jacob, the seed of Israel, through the seed of Judah, through the family of David, and that he will come into this world to fulfill that which God had intended him to fulfill, first of all, to die, to pay for the sin of this world, to provide salvation for mankind, and then to rule in righteousness over the world that was now ruled by Satan, who became the, the prince of the power of the air, who became the god, small g, of this world. And because Adam, through sin, have lost the, the rulership over this world to Satan, who beguiled Eve and was influencing Eve and Adam to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and, evil and to sin against God, Satan became the god of this world. He is influencing all who will not submit to the word of God, and Herod, an evil man, who was influenced by Satan, sought, as we read here in verse 13, at the end, Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And notice, once again, it is an angel that appearing to yourself, just like an angel of the Lord appeared to the wise men from the east. 
And here we have the, the counsel, the, the guide, the instruction that the angel giving to Yosef, and Yosef was a man of God, Miriam, a woman of God. And so arise, and notice how interesting, because Yosef was not the father, the natural father of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. He was the stepfather. He was the husband of Miriam after the birth of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. They had more children of their own, but notice how Clear it is said, the angel of the Lord appeared to Yosef in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother. He was not the father, but Miriam was the mother. Miriam was that woman of whom we read in Isaiah chapter 7 concerning the fact that the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is the miracle of miracle. Isaiah 7 and verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin. This is a maiden, an alma in Hebrew, alma, young woman that never knew a man. She will conceive, and she will bear a son, and she will call his name God with us, or with us God, Emmanuel. And indeed, Yeshua, the Messiah that was born into this world through Miriam, the virgin, was indeed God with us. So Yosef took the child with his mother. As we read here, in verse 13. And the angel said to him in verse 13, You flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And so you notice how Yosef is a godly man from among the nation of Israel, from the tribe of Judah, who was godly, who took his wife Miriam with her child. And verse 14 tells us that he arose, and he took the young child and his mother by night, and he departed into Egypt. And it's so interesting, beloved friends, because as we learn from these passages, specifically in Matthew chapter 2, that the, the New Testament authors, who were guided by the Holy Spirit of God, they uh, uh, interpreted and understood the prophetic word that was given by God uh, through the prophets of Israel, and they understood them in light of how the Lord revealed this unto them, and they presented them before us under the guidance of the Holy Spirit of God to show us the fulfillment of all that which was already written in days of old. And so this verse 15 is the second time that in the second chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, the fulfillment of the prophet is presented before us. And so we read in verse 15, and there, notice that it said, and he was there, 
and they were there until the death of Herod, in order that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, and now he's quoting the prophet Hosea, chapter 11 and verse 1, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Now this is, beloved friend, important for us to understand because every time in chapter 2 of the Gospel of Matthew, we have the, the four ways in which the prophecies are being fulfilled and interpreted by the author, by Matthew, guided by the Holy Spirit in the second chapter of Matthew. Because when we read earlier, in verse 5 of chapter 2, we read, And they said unto him, this is where the, the priests and the scribes said unto Herod concerning the birth of the Messiah in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it was written by the prophet, and they were quoting to him in verse 6, Thou Bethlehem in the land of Judea, Art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So what happened in the uh, uh, fulfillment of what Micah fulfilled, that there was a literal prophecy that when the Messiah will come, he will be born in the city of Bethlehem, thou Bethlehem in the land of Judea, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. That was a literal fulfillment of a literal prophecy that was given by the prophet Micha. And what happened when Micha promised that the Messiah will come and he will be born in the city of Bethlehem? It was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2 as it was written before us in verses 5 and 6. Literal prophecy, literal fulfillment. But now when we arrive to verse 15, this is so interesting because the New Testament writer now uh, providing uh, the fulfillment fulfillment of another prophecy, but it's not so much here as literal prophecy from the Old Testament and literally fulfilled in the New Testament, no, but we have a typology here. Israel, the nation, was called by God my son. Israel is my son, according to Exodus chapter 4. Let my son go, God said to Pharaoh. And because Israel called his people, uh, were called by God, uh, by God his son, now we find out that Israel as a nation is identified with the person of the Messiah who would come. He would become the true Israel in a sense. And while we read in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 22, And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Verse 23, And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. We learn, beloved friend, the dear brothers and sisters, that in this verse 15 of Matthew chapter 2, again the Spirit of God is 
informing the author, Matthew, who put this for us in this gospel, the fulfillment of that which Hosea spoke concerning the nation of Israel, but applying it now, the typology fulfilled in the person of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. And so we learn that uh, that Joseph and Miriam with her child Yeshua, Jesus, were in Egypt, and they were there until the death of Herod, according to verse 15, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. When you read Hosea chapter 11 and verse 1, the application is not, uh, the application is directly to the person of the Lord Jesus the Messiah by virtue of Israel being a type of the Messiah. That's why we read in Hosea 11, when Israel was a child, then I loved him. God is speaking about the nation of Israel. And called my son out of Egypt, having a reference to Exodus chapter 12 and 13, when Israel came out of the land of Egypt, when the whole nation came out of the land of Egypt. But here we see that Israel became a type. There is an identification with the Messiah and the nation of Israel. It is when the nation of Israel, who was called by God my son in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 4, Israel, the nation, is seen as a type of the Messiah, who is in the New Testament, is revealed to be the Son of God. God intended that some of the things that will happen to his people Israel would be corresponding to some of the things that would happen to his Son, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. Just as God called Israel out of Egypt to set up his kingdom, God called the Lord Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah, to come out of Egypt to establish his kingdom. So beautiful to see this as we learn from the Gospel of Matthew. So the second time in this second chapter of Matthew, we have the word that it might fulfill that which was spoken by the prophets. And so, the instruction were given by the angel to Yosef to take the young child, to take his mother Miriam, to take them and together to flee to Egypt. And Joseph remained there until the death of Herod. Why? Because Herod sought to kill the child. And as long that Herod could not put a hand on him, God preserved Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, because he was going to grow in the land of Israel, and ultimately to become the Messiah when he will give himself a ransom for many, when he will fulfill all that which the prophets foretold concerning the coming of the Redeemer. And so, in Matthew 2, we continue in verses 16, 17, and 18, and we see truly what Herod intended to do, and ultimately did, seek to kill the child, but because he could not find him, the wise men 
have gone back to the east, not returning to him? The young child, Jesus Yeshua, was taken by Yosef along with his mother Miriam, and they fled into the land of Egypt. What Herod does, we read in verses 16, 17, and 18. And again, beloved brothers and sisters, once again we see a fulfillment of a prophecy, but with a different aspect. Not so much a literal prophecy that was fulfilled literally, in Micah 5, 2, fulfilled in Matthew 2, verses 5 and 6, not so much the prophecy that we read in Hosea 11, 1, that Israel was a type of the Messiah, the type was fulfilled in the once and uh, to come out of Egypt when the Messiah will return back to the land of Israel. But here in the third prophecy that we find here in Matthew 2, verse 17, is another a prophecy found in the prophet J- Jeremiah speaking about the uh, outcome of the killing of the many in, of the Jewish people in days of old that will also be once again taking place when Herod will seek to harm the Jewish people. And so we read in verse 16, 17, and 18, Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, he was exceeding wrath, and he sent forth, and notice that, beloved friends, he slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coast thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. You remember that earlier we read that he inquired of the wise men who came from the east. He asked them, according to verse 7, he asked them to to know when did they see the star. And he sent them to Bethlehem, to go and to search diligently for the young child. And he wanted them to come to bring him the news that he may come and worship him, but he really didn't want to worship him. Now we see what he wanted to do. While he was not successful to do it to the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, because he, Yosef took him and his stepfather Yosef took him with, along with his mother to Egypt. In the meanwhile, Herod in his anger, influenced by Satan, who seek to destroy the Messiah, who would come through the nation of Israel, what does he do? He slew all the Jewish children that were in Bethlehem, and all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under. Let me remind you that history can tell us clearly what Satan always seeks to do. He sought to destroy the people of Israel before the Messiah's first coming. And he continued to seek to destroy the people of Israel after the Messiah's first coming and before the Messiah's second coming. So as Pharaoh of old in 
Exodus 1 verses 15 to 22, when he cast all the Jewish boys into the river. And as Nebuchadnezzar, according to Second Chronicles chapter 36, killed all the young men, many of the young men from among the Jewish people, and then, and then carried many of them to Babylon. And as even earlier, King Shalmanetzer took the ten tribes and dispersed them and took them captive to Assyria in 721 B.C. And as Haman, in the book of Esther, in chapter 3, verses 8 to 13, sought to kill all the Jews in one day, on the 13th day of the month of Adar, so Herod, here in Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 and 15, does so, and he killed all the Hebrew children that were in Bethlehem, and all the cause thereof, from two years old and under. And as we know, since that time, there were more and more individuals that rose to seek to destroy the Jewish people in order to eliminate the coming of the Messiah and his second coming to rule and to reign, some like Hitler who killed six million Jewish people. So it is fascinating as we read the word of God. Satan hates God and God's plan. Satan hates God's anointed one, the Messiah. And in order to avoid or to eliminate the promise of the coming of the Messiah, to ultimately crush the head of Satan, he seeks to eliminate uh, the people through whom the Messiah will come. He sought to do it before the first coming of the Messiah, and he continues to do it before the second coming of the Messiah, because he knows that when the nation of Israel will accept the Messiah in his second coming, that is the end of Satan. He is no longer going to be the God of this world with a small g. He will be cast into the lake of fire where he will be there forever and ever. And so here we find out how Herod killed all the children in the city of Bethlehem and all the other little town, the course thereof, from two years, notice that, he figured out somehow that Yeshua by that time at least will be as a young child, no longer a babe, Luke 1 and 2, now a young child, Matthew chapter 2, he's no longer in a manger, in the Gospel of Luke, he's now in the house, was found by the wise men, some time has passed by, so to make sure that he covers the age, he killed all the children from Bethlehem and the course thereof from two years and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. And listen to this, beloved brothers and sisters. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken. And once again, we read of a fulfillment of a prophecy. While in verse 5, it was a prophecy fulfilled of Micah 5 and verse 2. Literal prophecy was literally fulfilled when the Messiah was born in Bethlehem. While in verse 15, we saw a type fulfilled when just as Israel was a type, Israel called my son, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, 
Israel was called out of Egypt and Yeshua Jesus will come out of Egypt back to the land of Israel. But here we see an additional way in which the New Testament writer interpret a passage from the Old Testament, from the history of Israel. He said that it will be fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet saying, notice verse 18, in Ramah was their voice heard, lamentation and weeping and a great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted. Why? Because they are not. They died. They were killed. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, you notice verse 16, 17, and 18 was fulfilled that which was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 31 and verse 15. Now, let me remind you that when Jeremiah, Yirmiyahu, was speaking to the nation of Israel, he was speaking and ministering to the people of Israel at the time where the fulfillment of the disciplinary action of God against the Jewish people because they violated his word, did not keep the Shabbat day, did not keep the Shabbat year of the ground, and he said that he would take them to be captive by the Babylonians. And so when the Babylonian came and took the Jewish people to Babylon, as we mentioned that in Second Chronicles chapter 36, verses 17 to 20, the Babylonian caused so much infliction upon the Jewish people. And we do read, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, of the sorrow that took place for the Jewish people when they were carried captive. And many of them were killed. And so in Second Chronicles chapter 36 and verse 17, we do read, Therefore he brought upon them the king of the Chaldeans, this is the Nebuchadnezzar, who slew their young men with a sword in the house of their sanctuary, and had no compassion upon the young men and maidens, old men, or him that stooped for age, he gave them all into his hand. The Lord allowed Nebuchadnezzar to do so. And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king, and of his princes, all these he brought to Babylon. And they burned the house of God, they break down the walls of Jerusalem, they burned all the palace thereof with fire, and they destroy all the goodly vessels thereof. And them that had escaped from the sword, he carried to Babylon. And Jeremiah in his 31st chapter said, as we read in Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 15, Thus says the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, Lamentation and bitterness, weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. They were killed. They died. 
what happened historically in the history of the people of Israel when the Babylonian killed the children of Israel, many of the children of Israel. Here, in the same way, it took place many years later when Herod, as we read here in Matthew chapter 2, in verse 16, he slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coast thereof from two years old and under, fulfilling, verse 17, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, in Ramah was their voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. Now you notice there are two words here, Rama and Rachel, Rachel. Rama means simply hill. And Rama is not too far from the city of Jerusalem. It's a little town that is a little bit north of the city of Yerushalayim. And we read of Rama or Ramot in First Samuel chapter 1, it was a location, a place where Samuel came from. And when Nebuchadnezzar came, and of course he destroyed all the Jerusalem and the surrounding area of Judea, in Ramah, in a high place, in a hilly place, in the top of the mountain, there was the cry of the, of the people of Israel. And Rachel is the wife of Israel, of Jacob, Jacob and she is the loved one of Jacob, who gave him these two sons of Yosef and Benjamin, and Rachel representing the, the nation of Israel, the women, the mothers in Israel. In fact, uh, Israel has three fathers and four mothers, as we oftentimes record it in our singing, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And of course, the four mothers representing, of course, Abraham's wife, Sarah, Isaac's wife, of course, Rivka, and Yaakov, Israel's wife, which was Rachel and Leah. But Rachel was the loved one. And you remember Jacob's name was changed from Yaakov to Israel, the prince of God. And she told Jacob, give me children lest I die. And now we read that in the hill, and in the hills, Ramah, there was a, a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and a great mourning. That's happened historically at a time when Nebuchadnezzar killed so many of the children of Israel and then carried them away. There was weeping and lamentation. And it was on the hills of Jerusalem and the hills in Ramah, in Ramot, and the hills were there when the women of Israel were weeping because so many were killed. And Rachel representing the mothers of Israel. And in this, beloved brothers and sisters, in this passage, the fulfillment, as we read here, concerning the weeping and the crying that was taking place because of what Herod did when the Lord Jesus the Messiah was born sometime around 4, 5, 6 BC. 
it happened just as it happened in the days of old when Nebuchadnezzar killed many of the Jews and the Rachel, the mothers in Israel, wept. So what we have here in verse 16, 17, and 18, a fulfillment, but remember, this is so important to understand, because here we have an application. Here the author of the New Testament takes a historical event that took place in Israel history and apply it to the time when the Jewish people, the mothers in Israel, wept because of what Herod had done when he killed all the children from two years and under. So you can see, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, that every fulfillment of a prophecy can be presented in more than one way. There can be a literal prophecy that will that will be fulfilled literally. Matthew 2 verses 5 and 6 fulfilling Micah 5 and verse 2. Then there can be a, another fulfillment. There will be a type that will be fulfilled in the person of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. The type was Israel, the nation, came out of Egypt according to the word of the Lord in Exodus 12 and in Hosea chapter 11. And Israel became a type of the coming of the Messiah out of Egypt, if I call my son. It's a different way in which an Old Testament passage will be fulfilled. And in verse 17 of Matthew chapter 2, there is a third way that the passage will be fulfilled, where there will be an application of event that took place in the history of Israel will be applied in the New Testament. In this case, Ramah, there was a voice that heard of lamentation and Rachel weeping for her children. It took place in biblical days in the history of Israel, and it will be applied during the days when the Messiah was born and fled with his stepfather Yosef and his mother Miriam to Egypt, and Herod killed all the children from two years and under of the city of Bethlehem and the surrounding coast thereof. Very important to understand Beloved friend, now let's look at the last verses here that we have in the Gospel of Matthew. Then we continue in verse 19, 20, and 21. And we have now the return of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, with his parents back to the land of Israel, as the Lord have instructed uh, Yosef. And so we read in verse 19. And when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Yosef in Egypt now, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose, and he took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. And when he heard as it says here in verse 22, he heard about the fact that, that Herod died. He moved all the way to the city of Nazareth. Now, I want you just to point here in verses 19, 20, and 21, that once again the angel of the Lord guiding Joseph. And as he guides Joseph, he speaks to him now in the land of Egypt. 
And you can see that the Lord is involved here, using the angels of the Lord to serve him and to minister to his own people. In Hebrews chapter 1, we read that the angels are ministering spirits. And here once again, the angel is involved in speaking to yourself. This time is in the land of Egypt. And he said to him in verse 20, Yosef arise, take the young child now, take his mother, and go into, and I want you to notice what the Bible calls the land, the land of Israel. This is very important to see that it is the land of Israel because God gave this to his people Israel. And that's why twice in this passage it is called the land of Israel. So, the angel is guiding Yosef, instructing him now to go back into the land of, of Israel, and he's saying to him, For they are dead which sought the young child's life. By that time, King Herod died. He was not successful to eliminate the plan of God to bring into this world the Messiah. He was not successful to frustrate the plan of God because when Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, who is called here a young child, will grow, when he will be at about 33 years of age, he will give himself a ransom for many to fulfill that which God had promised. That the seed of the woman will be bruised, that representing the cross where he will die for the sin of this world, but when he will die on the cross, he will pay for the sin of this world, he will make atonement, he will take away sin from the presence of God, and he will crush Satan's power and authority. And whoever will believe on him and accept the work of the redemption that he provided, this person will receive eternal life. And so the angel is guiding Yosef to take the young child and Miriam, his mother, go back to the land of Israel. And notice the obedience that we see here in verse 21. He arose, this is Yosef, and he took the young child, verse 21, and his mother, and he came into the land of Israel. How wonderful to see the obedience of Yosef. He was a godly man. And he, in obedience, went back to the land of Egypt. And really what we, came out of the land of Egypt back to the land of Israel. And what we see here, the fulfillment of what Jeremiah prophesied. You can see that Jeremiah prophesied about the weeping in Judea, in Bethlehem, because of the children that will be killed by Herod, but now when Joseph returning back to the land, we will see now an additional fulfillment that will take place as we will read it in the final verses of this second chapter, because we do read in verse 22 and 23 the fulfillment of other passages in the Hebrew Scriptures as we read when he heard that Archelaus, Archelaus was 
Herod's son, and he was the one that is called actually Herod Archelaus. He was one of the sons of Herod. He was reigning in Judea in the room of his father, Herod. So he, this is Joseph, he was afraid to go hither. He didn't want to go back now to Judea. So he was told, notice that he was warned of God in a dream, and he turned aside into the parts of the Galil, of the north. So instead of returning now to, uh, from Egypt into, the, into Judea, God warned him once again through an angel to go to another place and to go to the north of the land of Israel, into the land of Galilee. So he came. This is verse 23. Yosef, with the child Yeshua Jesus, and his mother Miriam, leading his family, returning back to the land of Israel, he came and he dwelt in, an, in a city that is called Nazareth. And again, beloved friends, dear brothers and sisters, as we conclude this most important portion of Scripture, the fulfillment of the prophecies that were given by the prophets in days of old to the people of Israel concerning the person of the Messiah who would be coming to this world. And so Joseph came, he dwelt in the city of Nazareth, and again listen to this, my dear friend, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken, notice this time it says, by the prophets, plural. He should be called a Nazarene. Again, let me remind you. In Matthew 2, verse 5 and 6, there was a literal fulfillment of a literal prophecy that was given by Micah in chapter 5, in verse 2. In our chapter, Matthew 2, verse 15, was a fulfillment of the prophecy of Hosea in chapter 11, verse 1, but it was a type, a typology. Israel, a type. Israel, the nation, became a type of the Messiah, the Son of God. And so, there in verse 15, we have a type that was fulfilled in the coming of the Messiah. Then we read in verse 17 of Matthew chapter 2, of this our chapter, and we have a third fulfillment of the Hebrew prophets. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 15 was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 17. There we have an application. Matthew, by divine design, apply what took place in the history of Israel when the Jewish children were killed by the Babylonian, in Ramah was, was uh, announcing and Rachel weeping, the mother of Israel. Here it was fulfilled when Herod killed the Jews of Bethlehem, the young boys of the Jews of Bethlehem, and there was weeping by the mothers of Israel, just as they were weeping of the mothers of Israel for their children in the days of the Babylonian. And this now, the fourth time 
where we have in Matthew chapter 2 at the last verse of this chapter. And he came, Joseph came, he dwelt in the city of Nazareth that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. This time, beloved brothers and sisters, he doesn't use a single prophet, but the word for prophets is plural. In Hebrew, Nevi'im. Navi is a singular, Nevi'im is plural. And Joseph took his family, took Miriam and her child Yeshua, Jesus, and they live in the city of Nazareth. Nazareth was in the north of Israel in Galilee. And Nazareth is really has become in a place, a location in the north which was insignificant. In a sense, the Old Testament prophet taught in many passages that when a Messiah will come into this world, he will be despised and rejected. And the town of Nazareth was a poor and a despised town. The citizens of the city of Nazareth were generally despised. And now Matthew is saying here in Matthew 2 and verse 23 that the Messiah being from the town of Nazareth, he would be living in a place, in a city that was despised and rejected. And that will characterize the person of the Messiah, Jesus, at his first coming. As it says, he shall be called a Nazarene. In other words, many of the prophets of Israel like Isaiah chapter 53, we read concerning the coming of the Messiah, when the Messiah will come at his first coming, that he will be rejected, despised. In chapter 53 of Isaiah we read, For he shall grow up before him, before God, as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form, no comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. See, he grew up as a tender plant, as a root. Notice that? Netzer. The Hebrew word for root is netzer. Same root word of Nazareth. The meaning of the word Nazareth comes from the word netzer. A root out of a dry ground. Very, very interesting, uh, beloved brothers and sisters. In Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1 we read, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stamp of Jesse, and a branch, here's the word again, Netzer, the same word for Nazareth, Netzer, a branch will grow out of his, his roots. In other words, it is the, the roots is the lowest part of the tree, even underneath the ground. It represents lowliness. It represents humility. It represents suffering. It represents rejection. It represents being despised. And here we find out he shall be called a Nazarene. This is so beautiful to see because when the Messiah, Yeshua Jesus, had come in his first coming, he was that man of sorrows. He was despised and rejected of men. In Psalm 22 
In verse 6 we read, But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and a despise of the people. That's how when the Messiah came, he was despised and rejected of men. In fact, in the epistle that the apostle Shaul Paul wrote to the Philippians, he wrote about the coming of the Messiah and his humility. And we do read in in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, Christ Jesus, the Messiah Yeshua, who being in the form of God, verse 5 and 6 now, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, and that the death of the cross. So my dear friends, Beloved brothers and sisters, when Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, came to this world, He came to this world to fulfill all the prophets and all the prophecies, whether it is Isaiah 53, or whether it is Psalm 22, or whether it is Isaiah chapter 11, and all the other passages, the one that will come to suffer and to die for the sin of this world. Verse 23 of Matthew chapter 2 is a summary fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophets who spoke concerning the coming of the Messiah, who will come in humility. He will come in such a way that he will be humbled and ultimately will lay down his life for the sin of this world. One more time to remind you what Zechariah said about the Messiah at his first coming. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh. He is a king. Where is he that was born? The king of the Jews. Zion, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation. He came to provide salvation. He is lowly. And he's riding upon an ass, and upon the cold, the fall of an ass. In his first coming, our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, came riding on a donkey, in humility, in lowliness. And he came to lay down his life for the sin of this world. When he will come again at his second coming, he will, he will be the one that will come in riding on a horse, Revelation 19, verse 11 onward. And he will come in power and authority. And he will rule as King of kings and Lord of lords. He will fulfill that which Zechariah said in chapter 9 and verse 9. He will fulfill that which the wise men who came from Babylon and said, Where is he that is born King of the Jews? He will rule and reign. But until that time, our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, offered Himself as a sacrifice, inviting us all to come to Him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is inviting all men to turn to Him, all people to come to Him for salvation. Have you done so? Have you come to the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah? The one who came in lowliness, in humility, to fulfill all that which was spoken by the prophets of old. 
what a opportunity to find salvation, forgiveness, in trusting the person and the work of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. May God open the hearts of many these days. Well, until the next time, my dear friends, God bless you. We say Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.